0: That He is righteous, that he's the lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth for me and for you. And I feel like his presence is here tonight for one reason, and that's to heal, that's to restore, that's to give rest and strength to somebody. And I don't know who you are, but I pray right now, can we just, we just sing that holy part again? And can we just lift our hands for just a moment and just ask the Lord to touch us right now? We're in the presence of, of our Holy King tonight. We ask him to touch us and to speak to us. And minister right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We submit and surrender to that. Lord, receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We sing that tonight, God. Thank you, God. Touch us, God, and move on us, God, as we seek you and move towards you, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord. Oh!
0: I know tonight that you didn't come to to church. You you came to experience Jesus. You came tonight, and I feel like he's here. He's in our midst to minister and to help and strengthen and breathe on us tonight. I, I don't know about you, but there's some times where we may get in a place where we're stuck. And we need his breath to breathe in our sails and get us unstuck. We get into situations where it's only God's presence and God's delivering power that can move us out of where we are into where we know that he's called us to be. And that's tonight what I think that the Lord is doing right now. That's what I believe the Lord wants to do in us tonight as his holy church tonight. Would you pray for the person next to you right now? God, we love you and we praise you. We worship you. And, God, we recognize your presence. God, we receive it tonight. God, there are many even here tonight that are weary. God, even the battle, God, has has worn them down. But, Father, I pray the breath of God to breathe life, the breath of God to minister, the breath of God to push us forward, God, in your presence and in your power and in this life, God, that you've given us. I pray, Lord, you'd restore. I pray, Lord, that you would help. I pray that you'd heal tonight in the name of That's above every other name in your precious name. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, would you just clap your hands, give God praise tonight. Amen. You can be seated. And, uh, you know, it it is incredible. Thank you to this incredible team. Celebrate Recovery. Can we just appreciate God's presence that they've led us into tonight? Uh, I want to share tonight, if I can, if you'd go with me to Romans chapter 12 and then Luke chapter 18, and we're just going to get right into the word of God tonight and share what I think the Lord's put on my heart, and I hope that it connects with your heart, and I hope that we go into a, another place uh, in our life. I hope that we go out of here, and this stirs us up to, to uh, be deeper and to grow in this area of our life. I know all of us can grow in this area of our life. And that's what I feel like the Lord's pushing us towards, and he's laid on my heart uh, tonight. I want to say a couple of things before we start, too. Number one is is we are all so privileged. I'm so thankful to be able to work and to minister underneath uh, Pastor Ray Phillips. To be able to work alongside of him or to work underneath him is just one of the greatest honors in my life. And I know he's not here tonight, and he's not able to be here tonight, but I will honor him when he's present. I'll honor him when he's not present because he is just an incredible pastor and an incredible friend, and I just honor him in every way, and I'm so thankful to get to see his beautiful face every day when I come to the church. Amen. I also want to thank everybody, if I can. I want to thank you so much, me and my wife that's here tonight. The church has been incredibly, incredibly generous and I was looking for the right time to say this, and I just didn't want to take up a different time, and I'm just going to use this time right now to say thank you for all the gifts, thank you for all the meals, thank you for all the babysitting offers, and some that have, have, been, have been babysitting our kids with, with our newborn baby, I'm telling you, the church has absolutely been a family to us, and we have some family that lives here, but we're all... 1000 or 100 hundreds of miles away from our family and this church has become our family. When we came home, people were coming over, people were shopping and bringing us food right after we had the baby and just checking on us and I just want to tell you thank you from the bottom of our heart for just loving her and loving us and all of my kids even if they need Jesus. We love them anyway. So you'll get with me in a minute. I'm sorry. They they need the Lord. We all need the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verse 12. I want to share with you, if I can, tonight on the subject of prayer tonight. I don't have a catchy phrase. I don't have a catchy title. I just, want to, I just want to stir us up. I feel like the Lord wants to stir us up to prayer. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says this. When I get there, I'll read it. There we are. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in be constant in prayer. Lord, touch us, move on us, speak to us, stir us up. God, I pray tonight. God, I pray even tonight, God, that you demonstrate your power. God, when when we humble ourselves, God, and we seek your face, God, tonight, we turn from our ways, Lord, miraculous things can happen, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, you would push us, God, into a place of prayer, God, a place of seeking your heart and seeking you, God. Lord, we ask, Lord, as we do that, Lord, that you would just show us, God, your might, show us your power. We know that you have already, and, God, we're thankful for that. But, God, we, we desire, God, for just to be in your presence, God, and for you to move and for you to touch us. And we wait, we wait, and we ask for it, God, tonight. We love you so much, and we praise you in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to share with you tonight, as I said a minute ago, about and on the subject of prayer. I want to tell you that the greatest privilege that we have as Christians, the greatest privilege, I'm going to say this again, the greatest privilege that we have been given as followers of Jesus Christ is an invitation to pray an invitation from the God that heals, an invitation from the God that restores, an invitation from the God that saves, an invitation from the God who is our Redeemer, an invitation from the God who provides, an invitation from the God who creates, the God who is with us and the God of hope, an invitation to talk to Him. It's the greatest privilege that we have as Christians when he says to us, or Jesus tells us this in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, he says we ought always to pray and not give up. He, he invites us to, to come to him in, in, a, in, a, in a persistent way. He invites us to come to him in a consistent and faithful way, a devoted way. He, he invites us to come and talk to him. I don't know about you, but that stirs me up tonight. I don't know about you, but the thought that the God that flung the stars in motion, they're still discovering the stars that he flung in motion. They're still discovering planets and galaxies today. His imagination, his power and his creativity that flung it all in place, all of those miraculous and powerful things. And yet he's still loving enough and yet he's still good enough that he is calling me and he's calling you to a place of prayer, a place of of conversation, a place of intimacy with him. I cannot fathom that tonight. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to run to the place of surrender. It makes me want to run to the place of prayer and yielding to the Lord because it's such an incredible invitation. If we talk about prayer tonight, there are many different thoughts and aspects about prayer that we could talk about. We could grab a hold of all of the different things and say pray and never give up. We should, we would say we could say pray without ceasing. All the different dynamics of prayer and, and, and themes through the Bible that we see when it comes to prayer. Examples of prayer all through the Bible. We should say pray. We could say, hey, pray all the time. Pray often. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the 30, 23rd Psalm. Never pray without being grateful. and We could go all kinds of different ways when we talk about prayer. It's interesting to me that there are so many different prayers offered in Scripture. I don't know if you've ever did a study on that, but there are so many different prayers that that we see that are offered. And they truly give us a pattern to live by. They truly give us a pattern to live by. But as I was thinking about this and and looking back on the prayers in the Bible that have, have been prayers I've recited, prayers that have meant something to me, prayers that are being answered even today, that they're praying. And and God never, I want to say that God never forgets what we pray. We do, but God never does. So something we prayed for 10 years ago that we forgot God's still working and God's still making it happen and doing what's going to bring glory and honor and ultimately you into His eternal heart, His eternal plan for us. But there's so many different prayers offered in Scripture that give us a pattern to live by. But as I was thinking about those, there's one theme that I believe runs through all of them when it comes to prayer. It's one theme. It's not nearly as important, I want to say this, it's not nearly as important how you pray as it is how you approach God in prayer. It's not nearly as important how you pray as it is how you approach God in prayer. Hear me when I say this. In Scripture, we we read in in the epistles, the Apostle Paul, he prays some of the, the longest, most eloquent, full of revelation, Prayers that you've ever heard. He prays prayers that just pulls things out, and they're they're great. They're worded incredible. They're deep. They're they're thoughtful. They're full of the Spirit of God and full of the the power of God. He prays these prayers and, and they're they're incredible. They're there. And then you pray or hear Moses and he he prays in different ways, but you hear one of his prayers was just help. One of his prayers was just one, basically one sentence that just asked God to come. It was it wasn't eloquent, it wasn't long and lengthy. It was just a, a phrase. It was just a sentence that just asked God to come. In the Bible, you read about a woman by the name of Hannah. She just wept. She or she just wept right there in God's presence, and, and somehow it, it it got God's attention. Somehow it brought the prophet to bring to her and share with her that God was going to open up her womb and give her a baby. She didn't say eloquent words. She didn't have a long, lengthy prayer at that particular time. She just wept before the Lord in his presence, and God heard her. Samson cried after he had messed everything up, really, and the, the power of God that had been given him, and the calling of God that was on his life had just totally come to, to just shambles, and he was now enslaved and pushing a mill all the way around and and was was blind and but the bible says his hair began to grow back but he prayed one more prayer he said lord just one more time lord let me feel god your presence one more time god let your power come upon me we read about the the king solomon he you, you read his prayers they're whole pages long they're written Uh, To to dedicate the temple, you can see that almost a whole page, two pages of just him praying and pouring his heart out to God. So there's all kinds of different ways of praying. But but the one running theme that we see through all of those that brought effectiveness to our prayer life, that brought effectiveness, that brought a a breaking through to the heavens and, and getting God's attention, if we can use that phrase, I'm not... I don't always like that phrase, but, but, but breaking through in prayer, it was the fact of, of how they approached the Lord. It wasn't necessarily their goodness. It wasn't necessarily their, their ability to articulate it perfectly. It was the fact that they just recognized something in the Lord. They recognized who He was, and, and in doing that, they sought Him, and God ultimately answered their prayers and moved and touched. You find all kinds of prayers, but that one theme, That one thing through all, the prayer that is effective, the prayer that gets through depends upon the approach. It's not where or when or the quantity. And before you say, well, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Yes, but if you're praying in a way that's not approaching God, then you're just continuously hitting a door because you're not praying with a, the heart that God wants to see. Sometimes we pray for our will. Sometimes we pray for things that are only going to benefit us. Sometimes we pray with ill motives. Sometimes we pray with carnal thoughts and things that, that Dave, that, that things that do not line up with the things of God in our life. And we consistently pray that. We say and we think if we pray seven times a day and we thank the Lord and we turn towards Jerusalem and we give thanks and praise seven times a day, then God's ultimately going to give us what we want. But here's the deal that I know. I don't want what I want. I want what God wants because I believe in him and I trust him that he's great and he's mighty. And a lot of these prayers, they were simple, humble prayers. But I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 18. The approach matters. Actually, in James chapter five, as you're going there, it says this: and the prayer of faith, Jesus, and the prayer of faith will save. Man, I, I, I just I feel God right there. The prayer of faith, it will save. It's not the prayer that's eloquent, but the prayer of faith. It's not the prayer of the pretty and the rich. It's the prayer of faith. It's not the prayer of the one that can sing the best. It's not the one with the, that's the most gifted and talented, but it's the prayer of faith that will save. It says the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Notice it doesn't say seek people out to confess their sins to you. But that's a whole different message one day. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And listen, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The, the different versions of the translations of the Bible, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's powerful and effective, one version says. It's powerful and effective. That means there's a prayer that's powerful and effective. There's a pattern there. That's something there. And, and, and it's crazy to me that, that there's a, a prayer that I can pray. I'm nobody. I'm a jar of clay. The glory and greatness of God is what makes any of us special. I, I'm somebody that, that is nothing without the Lord. But but when He gets a hold of my life, He, he becomes the, the great thing in me. And so when I surrender to the Lord in regards to that, as, as minuscule as I am, I can, I can be effective in my prayer life. I can be effective in my prayer life. Luke chapter 18 says this. I want to read it if I can. Luke chapter 18, it speaks of It speaks of a a persistent widow. And I'm going to start in verse 2 because I cited that already. Verse 1, it says, He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, who kept coming to him, who kept coming to him and saying, I want you to see that, hear that, grab a hold of that. Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God, nor respect man. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not be, uh, beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous does, says. And will not God give justice to, the, to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, hear this. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Will he find faith? on the earth. Why did she keep coming to the judge? This is interactive right here. First time ever. It's interactive. Why why did this why did this widow come to the judge consistently? Why didn't she give up after one time? Anybody? No, I'm just kidding. No, you don't have to answer that would be Richard, you got something? <laughs> oh, he had something else to say. Okay. Off subject. Okay. <laughs> she kept coming to the judge Because she knew he had the power, hear me, she kept coming to the judge because she knew he had the power to justify her. He knew that he had the power to fix and come against her adversaries or whatever it was that she was crying out in this parable that Jesus gives us. Whatever it was that she was dealing with, she knew that the judge had the power and that's why she continuously kept coming to him. She continuously kept bringing her case to him and she did not give up. And the Bible says this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On the earth will he delay long over them. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. How much more the love of God that calls us to a place of prayer. How much more the love of God that calls us to a place of of faith and trusting in the Lord. I don't know about you, but my prayer life has changed over the last couple of years. I've stopped crying and there's times I'm I'm, I'm weak. There's times where I just say, please, Lord, (laughs) you know, help. You know, there's times where I do that. I've started praying in a different way. I've started praying, you know what? God, yes, yes, we need a healing. And yes, we need uh, salvation. And we need to see in my own life, in my own family, I, uh, instead of praying, Lord, just please, and doing this and doing that. And, and that's okay, too, to cry out to the Lord. But I've started praying, Lord, you're the God that saves. Lord, you're the God that's able. You're the God that, that created everything. You, you created the heavens and the earth, God. You can do anything. God, you will do anything. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch this person. God, I pray that you touch my family. I just begin to pray in a different way because he is God that saves. He is God that heals. He is God that restores and redeems. And I'm praying in regards to that. He's the God that when the enemy tries to bring confusion, he's the God that lifts up a standard against them. He's the God that tells us to steadfast when the enemy comes against you because he's coming and he's going to make right everything that's been wrong. And I want to hold fast and I want to trust in him. And maybe if nobody else hears it, maybe I need to hear it. It doesn't move God or change God, so to speak. God knows who he is. But it keeps me in position and my prayer life effective when I start recognizing the authority of Jesus Christ in my life and in this earth and stop giving the devil any credit whatsoever. He can try, he can do what he wants to do, but I'm not going to be on that boat. I'm already on this gospel ship headed for heaven one day when we hear that trumpet sound. I'm already with the Lord, and what he tries to do is ultimately not going to prosper because there's not one weapon that's going to prosper against the people of God Because God is able and God is faithful and he loves us. I wish you'd clap your hands right there and give God praise. I just, if we had a revelation of how much God loves us, we, we sit in the molly grubs and we, we, we just have our head down all of the time and we don't recognize who God is. We don't recognize how much he loves us. And we're just hoping, or I say hoping, that's really not even the word more. Sometimes we're just wishing. We're like wishing on a star that hopefully something will happen. But I just came to say it's going to happen. It's God's will in your life and your kid's life to be saved. Well, I don't want to pray like that because I don't name it and claim it. I don't name it and claim it either. He already claimed it in his word. He says it's his will that all men everywhere would be saved. And so what I start saying, I start telling my kids already, they're six and three and one month old, and I've already been in the one month old's ear already. I'm already telling her about Jesus, and she needs to get saved. As soon as she can get saved, she's going to be getting saved. But I tell them all the time, I, I tell them three things. They could probably come up here and tell you what I tell them. I say, I'm so proud to be your dad. Every night I tell them both this, and now they're in the same room, so I have to do it both times. I can't just do it to one. But I tell them, I'm so proud to be your dad. I love you so much. You're so beautiful. You're so talented. You're so anointed. And God has a great plan for your life. And I tell them that every night that I can get up there and tell them. And Blakely, she's like, oh, dad, here it comes again. And I said, girl, you're going to be saved. Don't even act like that. let her know. Just kidding. But I tell them all the time, and I'm speaking things that are not as if they are. And that's what Abraham did. That's what Abraham did. He started speaking things that, that he didn't see physically yet, but through eyes of faith, he had already seen. There's a big difference in naming and claiming. And seeing that. And I just pray as we pray and seek the Lord. The Lord just opens up our eyes. And we begin to march in his authority as we approach him in faith tonight. And that's not bold or that's not arrogant in any way. And it can slip over into that. And we're going to talk about that. But but tonight she kept coming to the judge because she knew he had the power. She knew he had the power. The centurion in Matthew chapter 8. He came forward in Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. It says when he had entered Capernaum. A centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. He recognized the authority of Jesus Christ. He came to him in faith, and that became, if we could say that, it became an effective seeking. It became an effective uh, approach to the Lord, and it turned the Lord's heart because he said, This is great faith. And ultimately, the, the end of that story is that his servant was well in that very hour at that very time the Lord touched him he has the authority he has the power he has all power the Bible says in heaven and in earth has been given to Jesus Christ and I just want to put the devil on notice he already knows that he can't have my family that he's not going to take over my, my, my life he's not going to take over my marriage that he's not going to take over our schools he's not going to take over our youth group he's not going to have a generation he's not going to take them away from the Lord Because Because the Lord reigns, and He's good, and the Lord can turn it all around. Even when all seems lost, He can raise up a remnant of people that refuse to bow their knee And he'll use that remnant to ultimately bring in the greatest revival and outpouring of God's spirit and God's strength that's ever been seen or experienced in the earth. And people that you never, I feel Jesus, people you never thought would, they're going to walk into church houses, they're going to make their way to altars, and they're going to bend their knee, and they're going to give their life to Jesus because they recognize that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He has the authority tonight but there's something that gets in the way that hinders our prayers sometimes that we don't take notice of and the lord has brought me to this tonight so forgive me don't stone me i'm preaching to myself in luke chapter 18 verse 9 it says this is the the parable of the pharisee and the tax collector it says he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves <laughs> he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed, Thus, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, extortioners. I'm not unjust or an adulterer, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. See, there's this thing that comes on us sometimes, and we have to be careful of, and it's called self-righteousness got really quiet. I'm sorry. This is just uncomfortable for me because I'm preaching to myself too. And I'm not saying that this is our church. I'm not uh, in any way, shape or form coming uh, at anybody in particular or a church in particular, but there's this thing that, that gets on us and we have to be very careful that we don't start thinking we deserve God's grace, that we don't start thinking that somehow, some way we've done enough. That, that we have trusted in ourselves and we've somehow shifted off of God's grace and His glory that we saw at the cross and the sacrifice that was perfect once and for all. I might add that Jesus did for us that, and my full righteousness is in Him. My full goodness is all in Him. I, I don't know, maybe you're better than me, but I know I need Jesus every second of every moment of every day. If His glory and His strength doesn't come in me, then, then Lord help me and everybody around me. Me. and Whitney said amen right there just really loud she just shouted really good but self-righteousness it, 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 can, it can seep into our heart if we're not careful we have to be careful and we have to be leery of this self-righteousness loves punishment and not restoration hear me self-righteousness wants people punished for their sins and doesn't want them restored for their sins ah, maybe you've been around somebody like that I've dealt with that before they want so and so punished And they don't want them restored. But I pray every day, Lord, give me your heart. Thank you that you didn't throw me in the trash can. Give up on me. Thank you that you cared for me. Thank you that you tried to restore me. Thank you that even when I said no 50 times and 52 times and 53 times, and I went and prayed and I went back to my old deeds every time, instead of casting me out, I know that, that she said that tonight, God, you, you still had a heart to restore me and not give up on me. Thank you, God, that you didn't give me what I deserve. Instead, your love sought me out. Self-righteousness, it, it focuses on that. We have to be careful. It also has a, a big focus on others' weaknesses and not on our own. We hear the scripture all the time that says, judge not lest you be judged. And I know people in the world, they use that scripture all the time and they blot out the rest of the Bible and they bring that to you. I I saw one thing one time, only God can judge me. Yeah, that's scary. That's actually really scary. I would rather be judged by you than God who knows what's right and knows what's true and knows what's real. So I I don't want only God to judge me. I'm actually like, no, only no, I just, I don't want, I mean, that's scarier than the world judging me. But but it says, I was thinking about the, that it, it has a focus on other people's weakness. Hear his prayer. Hear his prayer. Why is he even concerned with the tax collector that's over there? Why is he not in humility recognizing the goodness of God and getting his eyes so focused on the Lord and praying and thanking him that God's given him the ability to tithe and God's given him the ability to do all of these things that he mentioned. Instead, he has a focus on somebody over there that, that is recognized as a sinner? What if we started focusing on ourselves and focusing on thanking God and stopped looking at other people like that? He kept an eye on his weaknesses and knew his weaknesses. It says, judge not, yes, he be judged in the Bible, but the reference of that scripture actually talks about how we look at the sin in other people's life and ignore the sin in ours. And actually, the the full spectrum of that scripture, it talks about the ignoring or or confronting the speck in someone else's eye and ignoring the plank in, in ours. I'm going to tell you, I've been a Christian now. I got saved at 18, and I'm 36 years old. I know I look 20, but I'm 36 years old tonight. But I'm going to tell you, as I get older in the faith, this becomes more of a problem. As I get older in my walk with Jesus, I daily have to get down and recognize, Oh, but once was I. I can't get into a, a high and mighty place. I can't get into a place where I'm looking over there, which I don't. I'm just going to tell you, the Lord brings me back. Normally it's when Missy sings that song that says, what a sacrifice that saved my life. It's like the Lord takes me back to the night. It wasn't Hera Arena, It was Southern Hills Church of God. I'm not sure what the, the exact date was. Lord, forgive me for that, but I don't know the exact date, but I remember what happened. I remember how the Lord came and saved my life and it brings tears to my eyes every time time I hear those words the Lord takes me back and he reminds me and I pray out of that I'll never leave I pray out of that that I'll constantly minister to people I pray the rest of my life I'll minister to my kids I'll minister to my family I'll minister to my youth group and all of those that God's gives me out of the brokenness and the humility the the humbleness that I found and experienced when Jesus came and saved my life has Jesus saved anybody else's life in here is that just me has Jesus saved anybody else's life in here but me? That alley he grabbed me from was nasty. That place he grabbed me from was was dirty, and I never, ever want to go back. My brother-in-law is sitting in here tonight, and he could tell you how ugly I was and how pretty God's made me. Somebody say amen right there. God did it. It wasn't me that did it he reached down and he pulled me out of that and i recognize that i don't i don't want to get uh, dependent or trusting in myself uh, that i'm righteous in any way shape or form it's jesus it's always been jesus and it will always be jesus something too i noticed that self-righteous spirit and this isn't a person hear me this is a spirit this is an attitude so i'm not there's no person being attacked the, the, the attitude that we have to Is when, when somebody comes to you With something that you've done they, they get really offended They get really offended You come to me and share something that I've done wrong Whitney may disagree with I'm working on it baby, I'm working But you come to me and talk to me about something I did wrong You know what I'm going to do? Normally I'm going to go pray about it Normally I'm going to try my best to, to really examine And search myself And ask the Lord to search my heart and know And if it was good then it's going to stick to me I pray if it was something that was just somebody was out of line and just maybe wanted to offend me, then Lord, take it and let it forever be out of my heart. But, but, but we have to be careful because sometimes when somebody comes to us and there's a, a challenge or there's something where the Lord wants to, to, to take you further into his glory, then you need to receive that. We need to receive that with grace and humility and let God raise me up. It's okay if you think I'm weak. Thank God you think I'm weak because I am, but I'm made strong. My weaknesses in his hands are I'm made strong through that. But it says this it says this prayer which is so funny and if you've never heard yourself praying this then just good for you but sometimes sometimes you may have heard yourself saying this well at least i'm not like so and so at least i'm not out and i'm going to just do this cuz i'm you lord forgive me right here help me give me grace right now at least my kids not out drinking and smoking at least my kid's not doing this. At least my kid's not like so-and-so. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the only thing that separates us from God, drinking and smoking, because I, I read a whole different Bible. You know, all of us are broken, and, and we need God's strength, and we find ourselves saying that. Sometimes I find, I hear it, I find myself saying it. Well, God, I, I know I'm struggling, and God, I'm, I'm doing this, but but at least I'm not like that guy down the road. Oh, saying that. I find myself saying that. But listen, the tax collector, hear this tonight, the tax collector went home justified. (laughs) The sinner went home saved. The the lost went home justified. The, The person that was not worthy to be justified went home justified that day, and the reason was he approached God with humility. He approached God in recognizing who he was, who God is. I want you to play for me. If you'd stand to your feet with me tonight, Missy's going to play. There's something that, that needs to be in our prayers and, and needs, most importantly, needs to be within us. It needs to be within us when we approach the Lord. I, I believe tonight that there's a an overarching theme in how we approach the Lord. It, it's important. It's not important how awesome we are. It's not important how well, how we got it, how we have it all put together. It, it's not necessarily uh, that important that that happens. What's more important is how we approach Jesus, how we come to him matters. If we come to him in faith, he's going to hear us. (laughs) Man, I I wish somebody would have just heard that and got that down deep in their heart. If we come to him in faith, he's going to, he's going to hear us. He's going to justify us. And the Bible says quickly, quickly, he's going to justify us. And if we come to him in humility, We'll leave here justified. We'll leave here right with God. We'll leave here in a place where we're right. I don't know about you, but I want to keep this self-righteous thing to the I want to kick doubt to the curb. I want to kick fear to the curb, and I want to live for the Lord. Oh, but everybody has a little doubt. That's okay. Well, I'm just going to try and live without it. I'm going to try my best to say, even so, Lord, even if if the fire gets to me, even if my life is taken from me, you're still God, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm not going to bend my knee to the fears and pressures of this world. I'm going to trust in you. My faith is in you, Jesus, and it will always be in you because you're faithful and you're good, God. I'm not righteous, but God, you are. And God, I cling to your righteousness. And through that, God, I've been made the righteousness of God. And I thank you for that. But it's not me. It's been you. I pray tonight that you'd slip out of your seat tonight and you'd come and find a place in this altar, find a place where you're at, and you'd go into a place of prayer. And you'd go into a place of prayer with faith like you've never had. You'd go into a place of prayer with humility. You'd bend your knee. That's why we do that. It's recognizing. It's recognizing His greatness and His goodness. I pray tonight you'd come and you'd find that place of prayer and let the Lord move on your behalf. And according to your needs and your heart tonight, Lord, touch us as we approach you tonight, God. I want to approach you in a wrong way, Lord, in a right way in Jesus.
1: Shame it.